Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Hello, podcast family. Once again, we are backing our series of lessons on Genesis. Um, We will be on a short um, section of scripture here, Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. Um, And this is an interesting little passage that um, I think you will find interesting. I think you will, for some, they may have some misconceptions that will be corrected here. And others, there might be some insights that you had not noticed when looking at this text. Let's get into it and see what the Lord has to say. Genesis 2, verses 4 through 7, and it reads as follows in the King James Version. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. This is a very interesting passage in that now God, through the hands of Moses, begins to slow down a bit. He goes from a macro level, if you will, of the seven-day creation, and now he begins to go to a micro level and starts to focus in on man. In this text, he says, in verse 4, it says, There are the generations of the heavens and of the earth. This is saying, and these are the things concerning the heavens and of the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. So up to this point, he's saying, and therefore, these things that we have read previously, these are the things concerning it. And now we're tightening this down a bit. And now even God now increases in attribute. Uh, What do I mean by that? Well, look at the text. Up to this point, God has been referred to as just God or Elohim, as we studied in an earlier um, lesson. So we saw things like in the beginning, God. In another verse, we see and God said and God created. And God blessed, and God said, and God saw. But here it says, and the Lord God. So remember from previous lessons that God, Elohim, is what we know of as a honorific plural or a plural of majesty, which refers to God's universal creation power. In other words, the God of the universe, the God who created everything, created our current world in which we live in, all of the planets in our solar system, all of the solar systems, all of the galaxies, and the entire universe in its fullness was created by Elohim. 
But here now, Elohim gets a qualifier where it's Lord God. Well, when you see Lord in small caps like this, uh, that is the word Yahweh. It is God's proper name. And in it being his proper name, we now see a God of personal relationship. We, we see a God now that's just not this ominous, huge God that's far away that created all of the universe, but a universe creating God that wants a personal relationship. Now, isn't that awesome? That the Yahweh, the 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 eternal God of also a God of covenant so that they would understand, wait a minute, Yahweh being the God of covenant, the God of covenant that they know that I am, that I am, that was in the burning bush that spoke to Moses, that said that he had not forgotten his people, that he had heard their cry, that he had not forgotten his covenant that he made with Abraham, the covenantal God, uh, uh, now, God is becoming more personal now because now we're going to see God's personal relationship with man in creation. Let's go on a little bit further. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. So isn't it interesting? We find that everything's operating as planned. Everything's moving along. The, the, the plants of the field before it was on the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. Everything was growing green and vegetation was, was increasing as God had gave commandment. But I see a slight issue here. And that is that there was not a man to till the ground. There was n God had not caused it to rain upon earth. That's interesting enough. That rain had not started yet. So there was a separation of the waters in the sky from the waters on the ground with that had the firmament between it. But that system of 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 if you will irrigation had not started yet. That system of of, of replenishing the earth with water had never begun. But then he, Moses says in his writings that, there, that God was telling him that there wasn't a man to till the ground. So right there in that text, we see that God intended that man would be the one whom would cultivate God's vegetation. God's vegetation would grow according to God's command for it to be fruitful and multiply, if you will. But he always intended that man would be the one to cultivate it and to shape it and to and to give it order and to prune it and to 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 make it beautiful and shapely. That was going to be man's job. So man had work before man was ever created. Isn't that something? Man was already, his work and his position of work was already there before he was created. And it hasn't changed today. God has work before the baby is born. 
because he already knows who you are before you ever were. So that when you become, you already already have something to do. So when somebody says they don't have anything to do, then I have big issue with this because God has always something to do for his crowning creation called man. When we look at our text, we also see that, but there went up a midst from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Isn't that interesting? God had not allowed the rain system coming from the clouds in the sky to start yet. And so the way that he replenished the water on the earth for the vegetation is that he caused the mist to come up from out of the earth and it covered all of the land. Wouldn't that be an awesome sight to see today? We, we have seen mist comes up from the ground in certain places, but we've never seen it where it covers the whole land. All of the continents, all of the land, everywhere there was vegetation and need for water, God was supplying it by a mist that came up from the ground. But the text goes on to say, And the Lord God, in that Yahweh Elohim, the, the, the universal creator of all things, who desires a personal relationship and in covenant, the the everlasting God did something here. And that is he formed man of the dust of the ground. Isn't it interesting that man did not start off with a mother? Man started off from the ground, but he had a father. God was his father, his creator, and he created him from the dust of the earth. God created all of the componentry, the organs, the bones, the flesh, the skin, the, 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 the dermal, epiderm, all of that. Everything, eyes, all of that man is bodily, he created from the dust of the earth. And after he had finished the body, it says, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Now here is where sometimes, and for some, there's a misconception about what's going on in this text. Some have the idea that right here is where um, God gave man his spirit, and now man is able to to connect with God and and his his ability to be able to relate to God and to to have all of his um abstract capabilities and creativeness and all of that um for this particular text that is not the case i'm not saying that it's not within the canon of scripture but it's just not in this verse the reason why i say that is because of the Hebrew word that's being used for living soul. 
here is where our hang-up comes in. And, and that is when it talks about the living soul here. In, in, in Judaism or, you know, looking at the Hebrew tradition, there are uh, three words that refer to um, the non-corporal, the spirit, if you will, the invisible part of man. One of the words is nefesh. Another one of the words is ruach. And another word is neshama. Uh, nefesh refers to the lower part or the animal part of man. It is, it's linked to our instincts and our body bodily cravings. It's linked to our fight or flight or our thirst and hunger. It's our bodily cravings. It's that portion of us. It, that's what the nefesh refers to. And then there is the rook. And that talks about what they used to call the middle soul, the, the spirit in their way. It contains where we talk about our virtues and our morals and our ability to distinguish between good and evil. And then the third, the, the neshama, the, the higher soul or the super soul, if you will. It is the, the part that we talk about in our modern day is what we call the spirit. It, it separates man from all of the life forms. Amen. It, 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 it relates to his intellect and allows a man to be able to connect to God. It, it, it's the part that goes on into the afterlife. It's the it's the part that is able to detect and has an awareness of the existence and presence of Almighty God. And so after giving you those definitions, I want to tell you what word is here for living soul. It's not Neshama. It's not Ruach. It's Nefesh. It is the animal part. So basically what this text is saying to us is not that he's now got his full awareness of morality and 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 good and evil and his ability to connect and be aware of the presence of God. No, it's simply saying that the body now has the animal part, that it has the basics of life that allows the man to be able to fight fight or flight and be hungry and thirsty and tired and those various things of at the animal level. No higher than that. That's all that's being discussed here. Not saying that it does not exist, but this verse is not open to explaining that. It's only talking about what we would call of the animal part. The instinct and the bodily cravings. But we do see later more about the the other higher level areas of the spirit and our connection with God and the Ruach and the understanding good and evil and all of those things. But right here is just talking about that first level. And so we're going to end here in our lesson and it's my hope that you got something out of this text today in this short lesson. And once again, if if you have not at this point, please rate the podcast. And 
If you are enjoying this podcast and you see value in it, uh, please rate it with a five so that others might be able to find this podcast as well and share it with others and let them know that there is uh, some teaching going on from the book of Genesis. And once again, thank you so much for listening and hope that you will be able to join me again when we get to our next lesson. Thank you so much and God bless you.